1: This is Danny Korchmar talking to you. You're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popov. A production of Pantheon Podcasts.
0: Let's rock out with Martin. Welcome back once again to another episode of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are part of the vast and always growing Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. So this is episode 92 we're going to be calling this world's biggest dead rock stars. Um episode 91 was world's biggest living rock stars and I figured, you know, at that point I uh, I had talked for so long on that episode, it, you know, went a few minutes over or whatever that that I thought, you know, I'm not going to mention the honorable mentions. I'm not going to mention the dead guys. I'm not going to mention this idea of who are the next batch or the young people. Those could be future episodes. But then I thought honorable mentions really can't be a next episode because it's really, you know, saying this is, this is my slots six to 10 uh, other than the first five. Um, And I thought this was an interesting discussion and, and it, you know, it proved it again because there was a lot of discussion on the Facebook uh, page about it. Um, So because we're not going to be doing an episode on the Honorable Mentions, I wanted to mention um, what some of the faithful listeners uh, brought up in terms of Honorable Mentions before we go on. And I give you my list of the five world's biggest dead rock stars. All right. So... um in episode 91, I had picked Keith Richards and uh, who else? Robert Plant, Mick Jagger, Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen, right? Um, Steve McNary says Springsteen is a big no. Jimmy Page or Ozzy Osbourne are better choices. Those probably would have been in my six to ten. Um, David Gallagher, Gallagher oh, so, so we got I second that no, no about Bruce. David Gallagher says, you're both entitled to be wrong. You may prefer Page or Ozzy and they're both stars, but Bruce and the E Street band have been able to attract stadium sized crowds for 40 years and on long tours all over the world too. That was really cool. Um, let's see, Carl, Carlos Abad says, one of the best episodes I've ever heard. Thank you for that, Carlos. Good example of how great artists don't get stuck in the past. Nice, nice episode. Let's see. Blaze Barshaw says, I would have dropped Keith into the stones category and maybe added Elton John to the list. Not too hard rocking, but worldwide huge. Great show as always. Uh, thanks for that, Blaze. Um, this is why I like this because I I wanted to make it about people. If you start making it about bands, you know, my my eyes and probably yours just glaze over and and then we're just talking about big bands. So I I don't really want to do that. That's why I like this, you know, making it uh, individuals. But yeah. As I answered him, uh, El- Elton John was probably my number six anyways. Um, let's see. Colston Veer says, I have you right with Sirs Paul and Mick. As you say, the rest are up for discussion. I'm not so sure about Keith and Planty. I get their musical credentials, but their star power is Wayne. He goes on to, he says he asked his daughter in the third, in her thirties. Uh, you know, and that's, that is an interesting discussion. That could be an episode. Let's see. What else do we have real quick here? Um, yeah, uh, there was a big argument for Bob Dylan and I really think his star has probably waned a little bit that he doesn't uh he doesn't make the top 5 as far as I'm concerned. Um let's see. Uh, Marcus Ferguson says I would shoehorn Roger Waters into that list. I'm a little biased, so Alice Cooper would be on my list. Uh, Joe Beck to Bel Air expediting, um, big supporter of the show says, can't argue with the list. My honorable mentions would include Ozzy, Elton, Gene Simmons, Steven Tyler, and Alice Cooper. Does Madonna count? I mean, Joe, that, that is, that is literally almost exactly what I would pick for my next six to 10 or 11. That, that was perfect. Um, then he goes on and says the dead will be interesting and I'm not going to get into what we all picked for the dead, but there's a lot of discussion here for that as well. um, so I will leave that uh, because that's what the episode is about. Let's see. I think Springsteen has suffered the same fate as Skinner. This is someone, uh, this is a buddy who emails me just from the opposite direction. Skinner has rightly or wrongly come to represent gun happy rebel flag waving dumbasses, and over roughly the same period, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Bruce has become the poster boy almost as much as Bono, this caricature of the liberal elite. He goes on and on. Um, there's a really good uh, post all about this. Um, yeah, this whole Americana discussion is pretty interesting uh, with, with all of this and the, you know, the dividing, uh, you know, intensifying of the divide between the left and right and and where does bono fit in that i mean not even an american but he's also right in the political fray as well in terms of this liberal elite thing um but uh but yeah there's i can see a whole episode there about bruce and Springsteen and skinner and and all this and new country and blah 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 um let's see joe becht again mentions tom morello eddie vedder yeah true bon jovi um These are all make valid sense too. So, okay, well, let's, let's go on with the episode now. So, so, and, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about um, maybe some of the discussion at the end if we have time. Um, that uh, that you faithful listeners have mentioned about the dead end of things. But uh, let's get started. Um, so yeah, this is going to be the same kind of thing where, I, you know, I don't want to give you canned histories of these bands. I just want to say the impact of the person, I suppose. Um, this is the one I had the hardest choice with. My number, my number five uh, is kind of up for grabs. There's a bunch of ties in here, but here's who I went with. Take a listen to this, first of all. This is The Doors with Spanish Caravan. all right cool moody tune from waiting for the sun july 3rd 1968 uh of course we're talking about jim morrison not any of the other guys with mutton chops and uh bad bad uh bad beards and etc (laughs) etc robbie krieger and john densmore and ray manzarek uh no jim morrison um so jim morrison uh is he the fifth biggest world's big is he the fifth world's biggest dead rock star of all time hmm not sure uh the debut album went four times platinum the middle ones all went platinum la woman went double platinum but uh you know i don't know how many of you people remember this or old enough to remember this but there was a massive massive doors revival around 1980 1981 with uh with that sugarman book um no one gets out of here a Live, and then Jim Morrison. Um, the poetry album came out in American Prayer, and his all his old poetry books were reissued at the time. I was in first year university and buying into the whole thing. I bought those poetry books. I love Jim's lyrics, still do, but loved him then, like worshipped. I was I was huge into that Doors revival of 1981. Um, he was on the cover of Rolling Stone. I think the cover said. Still Dead, Still Sexy, or something like that. Um, I can picture it in my in my head. But um, but yeah, Massive Doors revival at the time. So Jim has Jim always persevered, and he was one of the coolest-looking dudes. Uh, and, you know, one of the greatest early lyricists, really, of all time, I, I think. And, uh, you know, and we still do hear lots and lots and lots of Doors songs on the radio all the time. So there you go. My number five choice for world's biggest dead rock star um and when i mention my honorable mentions later you will see that um you know he could have been swapped out for some of these other dudes so don't get too upset at me yet um all right number two take a listen to this this is a band you might have heard of called queen with hammer to fall yeah, you All right. So I I put Freddie on this list, Freddie Mercury, um, because, uh, you know, massive, massive band in America, of course, uh, you know, Night at the Opera, News of the World, The Game. um, Those would have been, I I suppose, the the biggest or the ones with the biggest cultural impact. Disco, Rockabilly with Crazy Little Thing Called Love. We've talked about Queen a a lot on this uh, on this show. Um, But, uh, you know, he's the front man. Um, he's one of the, he's, he's the kind of the most famous AIDS death. Remember Klaus Nomi, um, early AIDS death. Wow. That guy was really interesting. Check out his videos, um, on YouTube. But, um, so his, his fame grew, uh, Even greater now. Now, the thing is, they they more or less stopped touring in America. I think 82 was the last time Hot Space toured that they really toured America. But, you know, he is known for one of the greatest live performances of all time uh, when they did Live Aid, July 13th, 1985. The set was Bohemian Rhapsody, Radio Gaga, Hammer to Fall, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, We Will Rock You, and We Are the Champions. Horrible set list if you think about it. Um, but I played Hammer to Fall because I think uh, for for us, the tribe of hard rockers, uh, that is the highlight of the uh, the Live Aid set. Um, this is this is um, came out February twenty seventh, eighty four. Interesting thing about the Live Aid set, um, they say that Freddie. Uh, probably contracted AIDS in in 84 Uh, it didn't become public until 87 um so he knew he knew he had AIDS when he did live aid July 13th 85 um so he had some time to think about it um you know as as they say this is a guy who knew his days were numbered um it was pretty much the writing on the wall I suppose maybe it's early on and he doesn't really feel the effects yet um but that is known as one of the great live performances of all time. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons it is considered that, there is the famous note that the world changed, I don't know, I can't remember what they call it, but when he does the whole deo thing, which I find ridiculous, I, I hate that stuff. But anyways, you know, you could tell he had the crowd in the palm of his hand. But um, the other thing is they're up there doing this with without the aid of a, of a show and lights. So it's literally just their personalities up there and uh and he he absolutely killed it uh you know bohemian rhapsody with all the you know the vocal um acrobatics he has to do on that um so it was it was an amazing performance um so queen so he had that to his fame he had dying of course uh added added to the fame and there was a lot of love thrown his way when he did die i believe it was 1991 um and then obviously recently there was the big um the big movie that turned out to be a massive hit um biopic right um so you know actors it wasn't a a documentary but that queen movie did amazing um so it just shows the lasting power of queen obviously another big thing uh that helped queen kind of a ridiculous thing was when uh you know bohemian rhapsody was in the car scene in wayne's world right um that gave them an extra boost and there were all sorts of reissues all the time i mean i i i just remember the 90s and the 2000s like queen did not really go away um probably the second biggest band uh, ever in Britain after the Beatles um, or, or most beloved, um, you know, uh, just loved around the world. So, so he's a massive guy that I think uh, I, I'm pretty sure belongs on this list. It's, you know, who, who knows where exactly, but we've got him here at number four. Um, Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. We are talking about uh, World's Biggest Dead Rock Stars, episode 92. So let's take a listen to our uh, number three selection. Um, so, third biggest, as far as I'm concerned. Um, take a listen to this. This is David Bowie with uh, Teenage Wildlife. If it's promised all- All right, there you go. That's my favorite David Bowie song of all time. Uh, Not the least of which reason is uh, it's got one of my favorite Robert Fripp solos of all time, which I think I cut off the music just before we get into that, because this is celebrating David, not Robert. Um, And that's from my favorite David Bowie album, hands down of all time, Scary Monsters, September 12th, 1980. So he's on this list, obviously, for having all that massive fame in the middle of the glam era, 73, 74 or... Going from Ziggy into like Young Americans, that sort of period, Diamond Dogs. Um, And then he did some super fearlessly artistic things in the Berlin years. He makes his greatest album, I think, in Scary Monsters. Then he, you know, does his chameleon bit again and comes back for his greatest fame of all time with the Let's Dance album. Then he kind of pooches it for a while and does Let's Dance Part Two and Part Three. But he's, you know, he's kind of the darling of 1983, 1984. That period and then he just becomes um this this great creative guy who keeps make pumping out albums really good albums for the most part i'm not i'm not big on the earthling black tie white noise whatever era in there but later on his last about four albums i just adore them i think they're amazing heathen and hours you know a lot of people don't like hours i love dot 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 lowercase hours uh, what happens after that i'm not sure i think that's it but it's it's pretty mellow and melodic and acoustic and i really like that about it um but um obviously you know the ama- you know one of the amazing things he did is he gives us that last kind of birthday present with his last album, black star. And then he dies. I think it's two days later he dies. And that album is so good. It's uh it's a really cool, again, fearlessly creative, um, weirdly kraut rock, uh, album. It's very dark. Um, but, uh, essentially there's so much in that catalog to love from start to finish and so many different phases. And, uh, you know, the, the, the love poured out for him when he died is still totally fresh in my mind, but you know, that, that happened with all these people on this list. Right. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I, I want to put him here because a, you know, he's, he's a singer, he's a lyricist, he's the front man, he's, he's a solo artist. So that rate that rises or increases your fame. Right. Um, So I think he firmly belongs uh, on this list and I've got him pretty high up this list. All right. So number two selection in our most famous, uh, you know, like I said, in the last episode, you could almost interchange the word famous for biggest uh, in this case. I don't see a big difference in what we're talking about here. So world's biggest dead rock stars. Number two, take a listen to this. First of all, this is John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Um, from the uh, from the uh, Double Fantasy album, this is this is cleanup time. On the all right so this is an interesting situation where um you know this album double fantasy was not very well received when it came out people thought it was uh was like kind of just just cloying and uh, treacly in terms of the idealization of john's and yoko's marriage everything was about that kind of on the album um there were clear yoko ono songs and john lennon songs and i think yoko wrote slightly more than John Lennon on the album uh, if you add it up. Um so uh you know and and people of course um uh, you know were were uh, were attacking the Yoko songs but I think they're pretty cool. I think the Yoko songs are pretty cool on here. One thing I don't like about John Lennon and his solo catalog is too much of this retro rock and ro- rock and rolliness and too much just just almost too casual and too sparsely uh, arranged and recorded. Um It's, it's, it's a bit raw, the solo, the solo catalog, but um, you know, this is, this is an interesting one because obviously this album comes out um, November 17th, 1980, three weeks later, John Lennon is killed um you know this album goes on to sell three times platinum and it had a lot of hits but the sorrow i remember at the time for john lennon dying was was intense um and i can tell you if if he hadn't died i mean this album was not getting good reviews i there's no way this thing would have gone three times platinum um but, you know, give credit, his solo catalog, uh, you know, he's well regarded for Plastic Ono Band, and Imagine, Plastic Ono Band went gold, Imagine went two times platinum, he had a string of gold albums in there as well, um, and then, of course, what I haven't mentioned yet is, uh, you know, you may know this or not, but he was a Beatle, right? Um, so that's that's uh, one reason he's, uh, you know, way up, That he's number two on this list. Um, you know, he's, possibly see this is where it gets kind of interesting um he's possibly i would say i would say no matter what he's kind of the second biggest beetle but he's certainly him and paul together are the two core you know massive massive beetles and then there's the step down to george harrison and the step down to ringo but um you know i i almost think that if, if John and Paul had both retired in 1980 and did nothing else and did no more touring and no more interviews and no more records, I almost still would have thought Paul, on the strength of the solo catalog and the Wings catalog, probably would still uh, be higher on the list of uh, impact, um, impact, fame uh biggest uh in rock and roll so i almost still would have put paul up there even if if we just looked at the end of like 1970 when you know when the beatles are gone i almost still would have put paul ahead and now certainly even when paul dies i mean i don't want to talk about paul passing away but if paul passed away now um Given all the amazing, amazing stuff he did, he was number one on on my list of world's biggest living rock stars. So given given all the the massive, massive career he's had, um, and 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 so many records he's put out through the through the eighties and nineties and two thousands and, and the interviewing and the, and the staying part of pop culture and part of just society. Um, I, I think hands down, he still, he still would win. So I guess what I'm saying is in 1970, I'd pick Paul in 1980, I'd pick Paul. And, uh, right now I'd still pick Paul. So, but John is, uh, John is in here obviously for big reason. And, and, you know, he, he, you know, hands down, see, this is the other thing, um, listeners said, and they, and they made a good point about this. Um, Uh, You might, you might be able to pick songs, uh, from John through the seventies that had bigger impact than, than Paul's, uh, you know, the sum total of his catalog. Uh, you know, I think Paul did better on the, on the complete album front through the seventies and John maybe on a, on a few big songs, you know, mother and imagine and things like that. Um, in the, uh, in the, uh, uh '70s uh, on that haphazard, weird solo career that he had. Uh, you know, he's a punk rocker, right? In in a way, John John is John was really like like eh, who cares kind of thing. And that's and that it feels a little bit like that uh, through the records that he made. All right, let's move on to our number one choice um, for. Um, I always have to look back at this World's Biggest Dead rock stars, uh, episode 92 so our number one choice, the most famous the biggest dead rock star of all time at this point is uh, let's take a listen, this is Elvis Presley with Rip It Up
1: and I want to rip it up I want to shake it up I to ball it up I to rip it up and a ball night
0: and I won't be late. I her up in my 88. Alright, so I had to pick Elvis on here, and you know, even, even still, I'm I'm a little i'm a little conflicted here um and uh you know if if uh, once again <laughs> once again when paul mccartney passes away i'm almost thinking i would i would pick paul over elvis of all time uh dead or living um so that might even be a little contentious but elvis is an important one uh, obviously he's one of the big uh most famous originators of rock and roll that's pretty important um this was from his second album elvis his first album was called elvis presley um This came out uh, October 19th, 1956, and as you can tell, I wanted to pick something that is actually rock and roll, so they were making rock and roll that early, 53, 54, 50. Remember Johnny Burnett Trio? I put in my book, uh, Who Invented Heavy Metal? I I called that song from 1983 the first heavy metal song of all time, you know, and that particular version, go play it, look it up on YouTube, uh, and I argue why in that book. I have about five reasons why I called that the first heavy metal song of all time, but yeah elvis is a funny one yeah you know it's almost like this is a guy you don't want to talk about in terms of albums because he had this weird mess of eps uh that that uh kind of kind of were even more weighty than the albums and there was the odd soundtrack thing and then he went off to the army so and and then his impact when he comes back he, he still has impact he's a massive massive legend um But, you know, the the fame kind of wanes, and he is seen as kind of old hat. You know, when when he's alive, you know, it's almost joked about a little bit, and then he goes into Fat Elvis stage and all that stuff, right? Um, He dies August 16th, 1977, age 42. I remember that day well. I was in my room listening to probably uh, you know, Derringer or Ted Nugent or Moxie or something like that, doing my homework with all my records and all my posters up on the wall, and Dad walks down the hall from the TV, knocks from the door and tells me the news um so I definitely remember that um but you know that is now a long long time ago and uh there's you know many many generations I wouldn't say barely know who Elvis is but you know on the strength of the recorded catalog and number one he wasn't writing this stuff but on the strength of the recorded catalog there just are you know there's these handful five to ten kind of big 50s hits that you don't really hear on classic rock radio they're just they're part of pop culture fabric but you don't hear them much anymore so elvis is a funny one this is this is one where the passing of time like i say um you know one day, uh, Paul McCartney, I think, should be higher on this list even than Elvis. But uh one thing I love, uh, you know, about the whole Elvis story is of course one of my favorites, uh Phil it from Thin Lizzie. You know, you listen to the end of Do Anything You Want To off of the Black Rose album. It's like Elvis is dead, the king of rock and roll is dead. This is what's happening in the in the trailer as the um, you know, this is a fade out song where, where the volume goes down and down and he says all this. So, so that was really cool. Uh, and that's a, that's a 1979 album. Um, so he's remarking on that. And then when he does his first solo album, solo and Soho, he's got this amazing, amazing song in there called King's call, which is all about, uh, Elvis dying and saying, i went and bought a bottle of gin, bottle, bottle of wine and got drunk all over again and all this cool stuff. Um, uh, so that was really cool. He did this great, great dedication song to Elvis. Um, so there you go. Um, that is my number one pick for world's, uh, biggest, uh, here we go again, world's biggest dead rock stars. Um, I will mention the honorable mentions here. Um, just so anybody says, how can you forget them? So this is my way of saying I didn't forget them. Um, and like I say, I don't think I want to do an honorable mention show because it's just, eh, here's, here's my six to 10, right? Um, So my honorable mentions, um, Jimi Hendrix, I almost put him in the fifth slot, Tom Petty, big star, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, again, here's that debate. Um, do we move into, uh, pop? Do we move into hip hop? Right. Um, but Michael Jackson, you could certainly put him pretty high. Um, Kurt Cobain, um, you know, massive, massive selling album, but they only made three records. A lot of b-sides and they did make a b-side record and a, and a and a live acoustic record as well and then they had other stuff come out so i mean he had a lot of a lot of stuff as well but so kurt cobain george harrison you know this the power of the beatles um you know and george being the third beatle right um prince is a big one people could put on here i never was a prince fan i always considered that stuff kind of overrated um bad bad productions too you know for being this genius i don't know man i'm I'm not a big prince guy um bon scott uh in our little world i suppose you could put him up there but uh but again you know really um is is he gonna make the top five i don't think so uh keith moon um you know janice joplin john bonham bob marley jerry garcia chris cornell lane staley and then if you want to move into the hip hop world tupac and biggie um so there you go there's some honorable mentions what do we got here uh, i wanted to just see the facebook uh if we could mention uh, some of this uh where where did we start talking about the dead ones here uh blah blah, blah. uh sorry for this um dead 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 Yeah, Joe Beck says, The Dead Ones has to be complete game changers. Hendrix, Elvis, John Lennon, Michael Jackson, Freddie Mercury, Kurt Cobain. When these stars died, it was major news and everyone knew about it. The odd one is Eddie Van Halen. It was was newsworthy, but maybe because of the pandemic and our up-to-the-minute consumption of news, plus the fact he was so private, it did not seem as earth-shattering as the others' thoughts. That was pretty interesting. And then William Martin says... Wow, EVH, yikes, I can't believe it slipped my mind. I think you're right, though, not as earth-shattering. Maybe it's rooted in being a cultural rock star along with being an actual rock star, Elvis, Beatles, Hendrix, and woven into the fabric of our culture and so embedded, it's hard to think of a time without them. I really think he and Freddie are kind of equivalent in those terms. Interesting. Certainly game-changers, but probably not the overall impact of Beatles or Elvis across the board. You know, and Eddie also is a guitar player, and he's not a singer. So he's not a front man. Um, well, let's see. William Martin goes on. Freddie's most interesting because he somewhat became greater in stature after his death. The music was elevated into the stratosphere since he passed. Also, despite being so private, he did bring much uh, needed awareness awareness to HIV/AIDS. Um, you know, and I disagree that he was. I mean, he was massive um when he was alive. I mean, Queen sold a lot of records, right? Um, Let's see, more debate between William and Joe. I would agree on this, William Martin. I would agree on Freddie. Imagine he had been able to come out and really be a spokesperson before he died. It's true. He He was pretty secret about the whole thing. With Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie, he really did hit another level. Interesting, some artists have diminished their stature, the longer they live. Elton John comes to mind. Ah, well, okay. Number one, he's still alive. And number two, he probably would have been my number six on last week's list. Uh, Let's not forget Wayne's World. Brian and Roger have done an amazing job keeping the music relevant. Uh, I disagree with that. Um, Let's see. Adam Lambert. I, that whole thing just, I, I just annoys me to death. Uh, really is nuts. Brian Roger has done an excellent job. Totally disagree again. Uh, Gino Sigismonde says, I gotta say, I think us rock music nerds overestimate the general public's awareness of Eddie Van Halen. Interesting. When I look at the 50-something guitar players crabbing about the short shrift that Eddie got on the Grammys, I just shrugged my shoulders. It really didn't surprise me. It's sad, yes, but would EVH on his own be able to fill arena the way a michael jackson or prince would good point um william martin says agree completely i love evh and his undeniable impact good and bad but if we're talking top five in terms of cultural significance i'm not sure about that so there you go folks are more or less uh, agreeing with this list i imagine um Tell me who you think I forgot on my honorable mentions. I don't, I don't know if I forgot too much. Um, again, if you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi, rhymes with no fee, uh, at Kofi.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint. Um, thank you very much for for your support on that. Like I say, I'm doing this instead of, uh, any kind of a Patreon thing. We do have Patreon for our, a YouTube show, the Contrarians, by the way. And, and I think Marco is doing Kofi as well, or Kofi. Um, but um, Patreon there, we are putting on exclusive content for Patreon people, um, and quite a bit of it, actually, uh, and some really cool, quirky things. So uh, if you like this show, you'll like The Contrarians. We've done probably 50 episodes or whatever, and that's a YouTube show. So it's it's video. It's Marco and I, and Marco does a lot of editing on it, and does a beautiful job, and we have some kind of neat concepts going there. Um, so that has a Patreon. But uh, anyways, for this, uh, for History and Five Songs, this week, I would like to thank thank joe becht and bel-air expediting bruce campbell tim derling david fisher jeremy french kevin latham jacob marcus augustin garcia de paredes jacob tannahill adam zanobi um augustin by the way uh, was the first one to buy one of the originals my original pencil sketches, um, illustrations. I think there's 39 in there from my new book, *Flaming Telepaths Imaginos Expanded and Specified*. Um, so I'm 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 selling the originals, but mainly uh, I started a print thing there where I'm going to be selling the prints. Uh, you could go to the back of the book and see how it all works. And there's a mystery print, and then there's this uh, this image key that that explains all of the pictures that I'm going to send out with uh, with a print order. So you get a print, you get a mystery print when you buy a print and then you also get um the image key thing but uh but no thank you augustine for um purchasing one of the originals uh gonna be sad to see that go but what the heck right um there you go and martinpopoff.com for all your book needs like i say the recent one is flaming uh telepaths but also rush driven is in right now and uh packing up and sending out a lot of those so that's the last of the rush trilogy thank you uh for this um hopefully our list of of, uh, dead rock stars doesn't grow too much in the next few weeks. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's sad to see these guys go, but I guess they're getting to be the age that they go, but, um, but there you go. That's our list. Uh, thanks again. Uh, and, and, uh, please keep listening. See you later. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at
1: www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts.